Welcome to Tech Med Talks, the only podcast that brings you the stories and the people behind digital transformation in the orthotics and prosthetics market. I'm here with Travis Hood, who's speaking to us from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Travis is in charge of customer service at Spinal Technology, which has two fabrication facilities, one in Cape Cod and one in Kentucky. How are you, Travis? I'm good, Kate. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks. Pleasure to be speaking with you. Thanks for having me. I first want to know what Spinal Technology does. Obviously, it's all about spines. That is correct. We're a a multi-location central fabrication facility that specializes in um, all aspects of custom spinal bracing, whether it's post-operative, supportive, um, or actual corrective bracing, which is the majority of what our business is now and and where we're spending most of our, our time and efforts to continue to kind of streamline that process and um and i think you were mentioning the kentucky facility um can do next day delivery for trauma centers yep that is correct so the facility in kentucky is located within a few miles of the ups central air hub and we're able to take next day air delivery orders up until 10 o'clock eastern time uh, and they could be delivered anywhere in the United States that uh, that UPS provides that service the next day. So they'll be there tonight until 10 o'clock and taking orders and they'll be delivered tomorrow at mm. somebody's house, hopefully getting somebody out of a out of a hospital bed. Yeah, I didn't even realize that would be necessary to have that done so quickly in a trauma incident, but I guess it is. Yep, certainly. Yeah, insurance doesn't like to doesn't like to pay for extended stays in hospitals. So the quicker they can get them out, out of those hospitals, the better. And now obviously with the whole COVID-19 thing going on, they're trying to free those beds up a lot quicker. Um, mm, so we've, of course. We've seen that become a, a real important part of our business. And how about the Cape Cod facility? Is that where you produce things with longer weed times? Yep, our facility in Cape Cod is is more of our, our headquarters, our corporate headquarters. We do about 70% of maybe 80% of our scoliosis fabrication there. Um, it's, it's much smaller than our facility in Kentucky. It's probably a third of the size. Mm. Um, but a lot of the people who have been, who are working in that facility are extremely talented, um, experienced technicians have been treating scoliosis for well over 20 years in most cases. So it's a, it's definitely an interesting place. When I walked in there 15 years ago, I never once thought I would be, I would st- well, A, still be there, but B, have the knowledge and have been given the knowledge to, that I've been given over the last 15 years. Mm, in treating this really specialized condition. Yeah, it affects a lot of people. It affects, um, I'm sure that every single person that you know somebody somebody in their family has scoliosis somebody they know has scoliosis uh, mm-hmm. it can affect their entire life my mother has scoliosis and she's she's got back pain all the time so it's it's one of those things that uh if it's left untreated it, it certainly can uh, make the rest of your life unpleasant 
Definitely. And I heard you're using the TechMed 3D solution in your facilities. Can you tell me what you're using it for? Sure. Uh, we, we will generally, in both of our facilities, we have a mold library of over 5,000 molds. So if one of those molds has been used or, or damaged in one way or the other, we'll take those, we'll take that mold out of the library, use the TechMed technology and the occipital scanner and scan that mold to replace it in our library. Um, if the few customers of ours who are still sending in full body casts, whether it's plaster or fiberglass, we'll take those casts as well scan them and digitize them uh, to get them into fabrication as a, as a foam mold rather than a, a big heavy plaster mold. Cause those molds can weigh as much as 80 pounds, 80 to hundred pounds, depending on the size of the patient. Mm, wow. So you're basically gradually replacing your 5,000 mold library with a digital library. Yeah, it's a digital. There's still going to be, there's still going to be there as foam physical molds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just more so we have that shape. So if we know that that shape of that mold is in our digital library, we can access it from either facility. Um, it's a, it's been a very, very helpful tool for sure, because we've got some customers who will send us one scan, but want two different types of braces made out of that same scan. So we can modify the first mold, scan it, and then remodify it mm. into the second, the second style of brace. That makes sense. And do you find the scans produce as good results as having the physical foam mold? Uh, I would say 100%. Having a scan of a patient, it's going to give you a, a much better idea of the, the actual patient's shape and anatomy, whether mm -hmm. it's bony prominences or rotation. Um, there's a lot of things that people don't necessarily think about when they when they're ordering a, a spinal brace, you ask them for simple questions like, does the patient have a belly or um, are there any bony prominences? And these are things that you won't necessarily pick up in a conversation over the phone when somebody's giving you these measurements mm -hmm. verbally. But if you have a scan of the patient, a, a scan taken, a, you know, a, a good scan taken of a patient, you're going to be able to see all of those things. Uh, and it, it definitely helps our techs from start to finish to be able to, uh, whether it's the first step, which would be modifying the scan in our software, um, all the way through the whole entire process. Mm. So you guys actually scan patients as well as scanning the molds that you have already made. Yep. So our, our, our customers, what they'll do is they'll see a patient, whether it's a a scoliosis patient, uh, somebody who maybe whose shape is a little bit asymmetrical, um, they'll scan that patient using the TechMed uh, 3D Seismic. We have a version of it that they, they uh, customize for Spinal Tech. Mm. So they'll use that, send us the scan of the patient. Our order forms were all, they were uploaded into that skin. Uh, they'll send us, if it's a scoliosis patient, they can attach x-rays, photographs, all of it in one file comes to us and we're off and running from there. Um, looking back at what you accomplished, is there anything you would have changed about how you integrated this technology? So I think that 
like anything, whenever you're moving forward in something, some sort of a new technology, every step, every decision is going to be deliberate and overanalyzed. Um, and it's going to take you time through each one of those steps and decisions because you're afraid of making a mistake. Uh, I think with how successful we were with integrating this into both of our buildings, helping our customers integrate it into their clinics. I think the only thing that we would change is that we would, we would have done it a lot faster because it has changed the way that not only Spinal Tech is doing business, but all of our customers that are using this technology now is, is definitely, it's definitely changing the way that patients are being treated. So the only thing you would change is to do it even sooner. Yep. I would say that. that and what, what held you back from doing it sooner? I guess it would be, it would be the concern that you're, you're, you're going into a, a, a place of unknown, an unknown territory that you're, you're not familiar with. So when you're working with the guys from TechMed and, and they ask mm -hmm. you a question, you think you know the answer, you think you know what you want. But at that time you look and you start, and next thing you know, there's five people in a room, everybody asking different questions and it just becomes a lot more tedious um, and just slows the whole process down. I think through the whole process, Ben and, and Matt have been super helpful as far as kind of walking us through it. But the amount of money that we've spent over the last 25 years on scanning technology, it's well over $100,000. So mm. trying, to, trying to pitch this as something of value when you've got that type of, uh, when you've got that type of money sitting in a closet, Right. You know, with all this old equipment that at that time was sold as a benefit to your business. And they were, but this was one of those ones that was a benefit to us. We could use it to show our customers, hey, you don't have to be a multi-million dollar facility to have this technology. You can be a mom and pop shop to have this to have this right at your fingertips anytime you need it. Um, and we're here to help you kind of bring that into your clinic. It's so hard when you've already made that huge investment in something to say, actually, it's past its time now and we need to invest in a new thing. Yes. <laughs> and when I was having this conversation with our director of operations, uh, Sean Cadeau, I was going through the list of all the old scanners that we've had and the amount of money when I said it was just over $100,000. It's, it's, there's a lot of money spent there. But hmm. it's a lot of money that um, that we've invested in, in this industry, in spinal tech's future, and the way that our patients are, the way that our patients' braces are going to be fitting. And I don't think that looking back, there would be any regrets from the purchasing standpoint. You know, it's where we want to be the leader in that industry, we want to be a leader in this industry to, to kind of charge forward. And if it means spending a few bucks, then that's, I guess, what we got to do. Yeah, well, kudos for that. It sounds like you guys are the leader, from what I've heard, in this industry. I think we we like to uh, we would like to believe the same thing as well. It's uh, for this is our thirtieth year in business, so there's not mm. there's not many of those places that are out there that can say that. And it's uh, it's a it's definitely it's a great place to work, great company. Um, I don't think we're going anywhere for a long time. 
Um, so I'm wondering what the biggest obstacles were to integrating this technology. The biggest obstacles in as far as integrating them into our daily operations? Yeah, even if not all of your customers have it yet. Right. Um, I would say the biggest hurdle for us from a customer uh, support standpoint has been helping them kind of learn how to do it properly and effectively. Um, as easy as it is, uh, it's still a newer technology for most of our practitioners. There's there's a wide range of, of folks in as far as the age goes in, in this industry. So mm -hmm. some of them aren't really willing to accept a, a, a newer technology. It's the uh, old dog, new trick type of uh, syndrome. Um, but I think the easiest way for those, those folks to kind of get up and running quickly is to involve somebody like Spinal Tech or TechMed to help guide them through that process and overcome any challenges that they may face. Right. Then you get experts on hand to help answer their questions. Yeah, it's been difficult, obviously, with the without being able to travel. So mm -hmm. you're you're doing a lot of Zoom calls and you know FaceTime videos and trying to get to see what at what they're doing and how they're doing it uh, to hopefully help them correct any of the issues that they may be having. So it's it hasn't been easy. Normally, if there was a customer somewhere around here and they said they were having trouble, we could drive there and you know right. be there and just and and kind of help them through the whole process. So that must be frustrating sometimes, having to do it all by video call. Yeah, video call, uh, emails, texts, phone calls. Um, you're trying to walk them through something. And if you're not exactly describing it the way that, they're, that they would like it to be described, it becomes difficult to, to communicate that. So it's, it's definitely a hurdle. I mean, the, the problem is, is that sometimes you only have those conversations once you get a scan that wasn't done properly or something that was missing. And so now you're, you're trying to fix a problem and the patient may have come from, you know, 50 miles away to that clinic and they're already on their way home. Mm, yeah. That would be really frustrating. Is there anything you guys do to try to standardize that kind of thing? Prevent um, it from happening? Yeah. I think that anytime that somebody inquires into using the spinal tech app or using scanning mm -hmm. it's it's a it would be a, a fairly common occurrence for myself or, or somebody else to spend some time with them on the phone go through some of the most common mistakes even if it means having them kind of view me in my office scanning somebody and, and walking them through what i'm doing showing them the things that I'm doing that you may not be able to pick up on screen. Mm. And, you know, we'll even, my daughter has been a, a, a trooper through the whole thing. She's anytime I need her to be my, uh, I guess my test patient, she's, she's willing to do it. She only, she gets paid in candy. So it's, it's pretty <laughs> easy. Oh, she's your model. She certainly is. She's also, um, she's also one of our, uh, I guess she was one of our, our larger promotions at one point at one of the trade shows I think when she was about six or seven years old I had brought the iPad and the scanner home and we had just got the app going from TechMed and I was all excited and I was showing it to her and she took it and she put her American doll <laughs> uh, right down on the uh, the kitchen floor she hit start she walked around the American doll scanned the whole thing hit done 
and so I still have that video now on a uh, on a flash drive. So whenever we go to a trade show, if I can plug it right into the TV and show some of these guys who say it's you know, it's too hard to do it, I can't do it. Um, and, and here's a yeah, here's a six or a seven year old in my kitchen scanning something. So that would be the American Girl doll, like Samantha yep. or yep, or yep, just Josephine. one of those little. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I, I definitely remember those. Um, yeah, so that sounds like it's actually quite simple. There's just a few things you need to keep in mind um, to avoid mistakes, basically. Is there anything you found like the number one mistake people tend to make? I think the number one mistake that we see right now, I would say, is is the importance. One thing that we try to to point out to everybody is making sure that it may sound simple, but making sure that they indicate to us on the patient where their their true waste is, and that's that can be done with a, a, a stock in that material. It can be done. We have elastic waste belts that mm. we provide, and they just wrap it around their waist, so we can pick it up on the scan, and then we know that that's where they that's where they were measuring everything from, and it keeps us it keeps us consistent between the the, the practitioner and our our entire fabrication team. That makes sense. That would be so important for it to be comfortable fitted at your waist. Yep. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's a lot of times that people will, you know, the most common one is when people call and they give us length measurements, if they're just giving us measurements over the phone mm -hmm. and they'll refer to the belly button and it's, it's constant, you know, it's, it's, Oh, it's off the umbilicus. It's off the belly button, which for some people may be their true waist, but if you've got somebody with a, a, a little bit of a belly, it probably isn't their true waist. So now our molds, you know, there's not 5,000 belly buttons sitting on those racks. It's, it's a true waist. Um, and that's kind of what we're, we're trying to make sure that we're all staying consistent on. So that's, that's one thing that we, we definitely preach, whether it's in training or in any paperwork we give out. And I think the other most important one is, is tight fitting clothing. Mm. that that's a big culprit of, of causing bad scans. Um, the whole idea is to get a, a real accurate shape of the patient. And if they're, you know, wrapped in a, an Afghan, you're not going to be able to tell what that person's shape is. So right. it's just, just trying to communicate with the customers, making sure that if they know that if they have any questions that we're here to, to help them and answer any questions they may have. Plus, I think the dolls don't have belly buttons, so your daughter wouldn't be able to find the true way. <laughs> yes, no, she, she would not be able to, but she's, she's very familiar with that elastic uh, waist belt, that's for sure. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Travis. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for having me, Kate. Check back soon for more stories on digital transformation in the orthotics and prosthetics world, right here on TechMed Talks.